Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Always, always, always year-round we talk football on this show, as you know. And joining me right now to talk talk a little NFL, we are one week removed from Super Bowl 54. The Kansas City Chiefs are the champions of the world, and now we head into the offseason to talk a little football I am joined by Nick Shook around the NFL, uh, at around the NFL on Twitter. If you want to give that a follow, and you can um, follow him on uh, Twitter. You can follow Nick on Twitter as well, uh, at the Nick Shook, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Nick, great to have you. Appreciate you making some time. Before we get into some NFL, have you watched any of the XFL this weekend? Absolutely. Uh, all but the last game this weekend. Uh, pretty good action, too. Better football than I anticipated. Definitely better football than the first iteration of the league. I think they got a product that might be able to work. Yeah, what what's your favorite uh, different wrinkle in the XFL game compared to the NFL game? I really like the kickoff, um, eliminating the potential for a lot of concussions by shortening the distance between the kick team and the kick return team. And it also allows for a little bit of creativity and blocking because, you know, in, in the regular game in the NFL, you know, they've gotten rid of the, of the wedge and everything else like that. But I've seen guys pulling uh, at that line, uh, trying to create some gaps for returners to get through and a couple of longer returns so far. So I think that's really interesting. And also, uh, you know, the ability to go for one, two or three uh, from 10 or in, I think is also adds, uh, you know, a little bit of excitement to the game. It makes for uh, the potential, you know, like today, even though it didn't turn out that way, Tampa Bay was down 17, nothing. They set up the three and you got the commentators saying, Hey, well, I wonder why they set up for three because technically this is a two-possession game because they could go for nine and go for eight. You know, yeah. get nine and get eight after a touchdown. I think the the possibilities of that are exciting as well. Yeah, the analytics guys. If they if the XFL teams can afford analytics guys on their staffs, they're probably going crazy right now with what the with what the 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 possibilities and the probabilities of everything are because it's so much more cookie cutter in the NFL. You know, with the, even with a two-point conversion, it's still fairly cookie cutter as to what each decision could potentially mean this is this is i'm a gambler and i haven't gambled on any of these games but i watch it through the eyes of a gambler and it's just it's really hard to process right now what the right decisions are because of all the different point structures right that's what i thought was funny too is in this first weekend they had all the over under set and you know you set them based on traditional football but we saw an unusual score in uh, the dc defenders win yesterday so it was like oh well that kind of throws the conventions out of the window. Usually you see a, a point total in an, in an NFL game that is going to land somewhere between like 38 and 44, you know, usually on average, whereas this one you could expect a lot more and it could just produce crazy uh, differences and the spreads are a lot different too because just, you know, you have it go for three, you know, it, it, yeah. it adds a lot to it. So It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Nick Shook joining me on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Nick, back to the NFL. Um, a lot of reaction to the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl last week. And and maybe this is just the world we live in now, social media, 24-7 news cycle, all the debate shows and things like that. Um, but a lot of debate over whether or not we're looking, in large part because of the age of Patrick Mahomes, are we looking at the next dynasty here with the Kansas City Chiefs? What are your feelings on the sustainability of the Chiefs being the team that's going to carry the torch here for a little while? You know, I think the Chiefs have done a good job in the last couple of years of navigating the space between you know the salary cap and where they are in terms of total salary. I do think that because of the salary cap, it's it's difficult to maintain the dynasty like the Patriots. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, in, it's basically implemented to try to achieve parity and make it difficult for teams to remain successful. Look at what happened with the Rams and what they're going to be dealing with in the years ahead with all of their uh, bigger contracts sold out to just a handful of players. So you get kind of stuck in between and deciding who to pay and who not to pay. But as long as you got that quarterback on a rookie contract, your window is still fairly open. So he spent that first year on that contract on the bench, spent last year winning the MVP, spent his third year winning the Super Bowl. So ideally you pick up the fifth year option, which is going to inflate his contract a decent amount, but it's still not going to be as much as you'll likely pay him once he does an extension. If that, if you ever got to that case, which I don't even think we're ever going to get to that point because he's going to get a new deal before then, but your window like I said, you know, remains open. I think it's just more about the management of uh, who you're paying where specifically. Uh, and I think that, you know, youth also has to, a lot to do with it. That's why the Niners are in a great position personally, um, just because all the young players that they have and those manageable contracts as well, they haven't had to pay a ton of guys yet. Uh, I think the Chiefs can, can, you know, kind of keep uh, the pace in that regard uh, because their quarterback's young and he's amazing. But they're going to have to figure out a way to balance the money in the years ahead. What's your confidence level in Jimmy Garoppolo being a quarterback who can eventually not just be a guy who's along for the ride, like I felt like he was for a lot of the postseason this year, but be a guy who can lead them to a Super Bowl? Because as we know, it's it's harder to keep the roster around a quarterback together than it is to keep the actual quarterback. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting situation with them because you know Kyle Shanahan will you know he he bears no words in professing his uh, his belief and confidence in, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. But there were times in that Super Bowl where, you know, when he was rolling, I was like, wow, he's proven everybody wrong. And then when they got down, I was like, I don't think he can throw them back into this game. And the big thing that really stuck out to me on the biggest stage, which obviously is a pressure-packed situation, was the fact that uh, too often he was only seeing half the field. He wasn't really getting through his progression, which is credit to Kansas City's pass rush, but also I think that he could have been a little bit better in that regard. There were multiple times, and obviously we have the All-22. We have the benefit of sitting on our couch or in the stands or wherever you are to see the entire field, but there were multiple times where he missed wide-open guys on what could have been game-changing plays. Now, the one that we'll all pay the most attention to is the one that came late when he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders, but there were many times where he had George Tittle over the middle and simply just didn't see him or when he sailed a pass wide of a guy who might have had, you know, a yard or two of space, which is around the average separation for a receiver in the NFL anyway, and he just sends it five, eight yards wide, uh, and you're kind of frustrated. Where was that pass going? Why didn't you do this, do that? So I think there's obviously room for improvement, but, um, I mean, he got to the Super Bowl with him, and, and, yeah, he didn't have to throw the ball very much in the NFC Championship game, but there were times, especially in the shootout with uh, New Orleans in the regular season, where he had to throw the ball a lot. So, I mean, he's proven he can do it, and I think you have the confidence in him and his raw talent and just natural ability as well as the little experience he's gained as a starter. I think he's demonstrated enough for you to be like, all right, let's run this back another year, maybe another two years or so on and so forth. But barring any significant you know, uh, step backward, I, I think that this is your guy moving forward. I mean, you've dedicated a lot of money to him, although there is a way to get out. You know, They don't have a ton of money, at least in terms of dead cap. They could get out of it, um, but I don't think that that would be wise because, let's face it, a lot of teams, every team in the NFL is dictated by the quality of quarterback. And if you don't have a guy or a guy you might think is the guy, you don't have much of anything no matter what else you have everywhere else. So yeah. uh, I think they stick with him. Yeah, well, you better have a plan B. I mean, you can't just eject from him and then not have a plan B. If you got if you got a backup plan that you think is a pretty good one, then maybe you you examine it. But I'm with you on that one. Nick Shook around the NFL joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Along those lines, Nick, I mean, you you laid out a pretty good future for both of these teams. Yet the rule most seasons is that one of the two Super Bowl teams doesn't even make the playoffs the next year. 
You know, we saw it with the Rams this past season. Didn't even make the postseason. They're, most seasons, that's the way it works out. Not only do they not make the Super Bowl, they don't make the playoffs. One of the two teams. Most years, it's been easy. You just say whichever team isn't the Patriots, that's the team that's gonna that's gonna miss the playoffs. Um, but this year, there is no Patriots in the Super Bowl. So, of, if you had to pick one of these two teams to miss the postseason altogether next year, which one would it be? Well, more often than not, it's the loser, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. that's how it's been for a lot of the last decade or two. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence that neither of these teams will be will will be out of the playoffs next year, just because I think San Francisco is very talented. And, and like I said, you know, they're young and they got a lot, a lot of good things going for them. But mm-hmm. I think there is a crack in their foundation. If that, and that crack is, is we saw it late in the Super Bowl. They're not really necessarily built to pick up massive gains, you know, massive chunks of yards when they need it, you know, late in the game. That's just not how they are. They're, they're a run first team that builds out of the run and does it very well. But if they find themselves down by a touchdown or 10 points, it's hard for them to come back. So I could see them losing uh, some close games like that. You know, just a season prior, they lost, I think, three games by a combined three points. Kyle Shanahan talked about that in the week leading up to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, the margin for error is pretty slim in the NFL, and I think we've seen that in the past. However, if I had to pick either of these teams, I would prefer to pick neither. If I had to pick one, <laughs> I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick the 49ers right. because they lost the Super Bowl and also because there are some unknowns or some, some factors involved that could potentially, uh, you know, produce – a less successful season next year, you know, you get a, a significant injury at one place or another. They did weather some injuries on the defensive line, but you know, you don't know. You could, you could lose a, a two key offensive linemen. You know, they have the stable of running backs, so that's not a huge uh, point of dependency for them. And, and Garoppolo could get hurt. There's a, a number of different things that could happen. I just look at the Chiefs, and I think that because of the talent that they have and the offense they have, Eric Bieniemy is a, a great play caller, working under Andy Reid as well. Um, I think they're more suited for immediate success. Now, if we had to project five years down the road, I don't know if I'd say the same about the Chiefs, but if we're talking about next year, I would put the Chiefs in the playoffs before I'd put the 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, I just can't picture Patrick Mahomes right now being on a team that wins less than 10 games. I just, I, 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 <laughs> it, it doesn't compute to me with, with how good he is at quarterback. Nick Shook around the NFL joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Nick, last one before I let you go. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, a lot of scenarios, some reasonable, some kind of crazy fantasy scenarios with quarterbacks this offseason, whether it's free agents or whether it's guys like Cam Newton who may get let go from, from Carolina or traded possibly, whatever the case may be, what's the most intriguing, reasonable quarterback shift that you've allowed your brain to to kind of process here uh, among all these veteran quarterbacks that could be on the market? Phillip Rivers not playing for a team named the Los Angeles Chargers is probably mm. the easiest one. Uh, it's interesting that he moved his family to Florida permanently. I know it's closer to North Carolina and really his home base. But, I mean, this guy lived in San Diego for the last, you know, 15-plus years, and and he didn't even have a problem with making the commute up to Carson, you know, every day, uh, you know, when he was still playing with the Chargers. But it just sounds like everything I've heard, it sounds like that's going to be a divorce. I mean, they might franchise tag him just to maintain control of him and then ultimately deal him, but I don't think that they are together next year unless they, any offseason plans they have to replace him fall through. They don't get a quarterback in the draft. They don't get somebody suited, they think, to, to replace him in the offseason and free agency. Then maybe he returns. That's probably the only path, though. So I would most likely uh, expect to see him somewhere else. And then I wonder, well, what teams in the NFL could need a quarterback? Because if Cam Newton leaves, leaves Carolina, Kyle Allen didn't show us enough to make me think that he's going to be the future there. Neither did Will Greer. So where are they going in the draft? Or do they pursue a, an older, older quarterback? Do they pursue a Philip Rivers type? That could also happen in Tampa Bay, depending on what they do with Jameis Winston and, and how they proceed at that position going forward. So 
I think he's one of the more intriguing pieces because let's face it, until it happens, I will not believe that Tom Brady is going to be anywhere but in New England. I just, yeah. I just don't believe it. And and, and I think we kind of got a, a good resolution to that last week. So uh, I think Rivers is probably the most intriguing case, but definitely Cam is on that list as well, as you said. Nick Shook around the NFL joining me here on CBS Sports Radio. Nick, really appreciate the time and the insight. Look forward to doing it again with you down the road. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, there it is. Nick Shook joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.